Amen. And 1 Corinthians uh, 1.9 says this, that we've been called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that's no matter what we pray about, no matter what we do, uh, that's the most important thing is our fellowship with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. And let's read in um, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And so what they say is in church history, people would get up in, during the church service and say, Jesus is accursed. And so what he's saying is like when Jesus is in, when the Holy Spirit's in manifestation, Jesus is not going to be cursed. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, anybody can say that Jesus is Lord, any rank sinner, but what is, when the Holy Spirit is in manifestation, Jesus will be made Lord. Not a person, not my gift, not anything else, but Jesus is Lord. So he says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And he goes on to say, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And so all these different things, that what we call gifts of the Spirit, are also termed manifestations of the Holy Spirit. This is different ways the Holy Spirit manifests himself when he is present. And so we need to recognize when he is moving, and there's different, so many different ways, but this is some of the ways he moves is what we call manifestations of the Spirit. But I want you to look down here. It says in verse 10, it says, To another diverse kinds or different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one in the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. So the gifts of the spirit are as he wills. So what does that mean? That means that he divides the, the manifestation to every man as he wills. So it's not that, you know, I don't just choose and say, okay, I'm going to give a, I'm going to uh, give a tongue and interpretation. I'm going to give this uh, prophecy. I'm going to give um, a revelation right now. Well, either you have it or you don't. You know, I don't, I don't carry that in my back pocket, you know, and, and just turn it on when I want to. Wouldn't that be nice? I would turn it on myself, give myself a revelation or two. <laughs> and so we have to be, you know, every person, no matter if they're a prophet or whatever, um, and you don't have to be a prophet to operate in these. But if someone operates in these, they still, even if they operate in a certain way in a ministry, they have to still hear from God the same way personally. 
So, you know, which is being led by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and so, um, but what I want to speak about is um, praying in the Spirit and praying with tongues. And um, this is such a vital element in our prayer life. And um, the Bible says over in Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Other translations say this, praying always with all manner of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So praying always with all manner of prayer, all kinds of prayer, other translations say. And so the thing that I want you to um, realize, though, is praying in the Spirit, what we're going to be talking about is what we would term our prayer language. Not a gift of the Spirit. Now, because the, the Bible says it talks about different kinds of tongues, and it says the interpretation of tongues. That is in a public setting. I mean, it can be private. It could be private. I could, you know, if the Lord gave me something, I could speak in tongues and, and give the interpretation. But the, um, what we would call our personal prayer language, that's not a gift of the Spirit. That's our personal prayer language. That's, that's tongues in our own prayer life. So let me say, say it like this. Tongues, speaking in tongues, is primarily a devotional gift. It's primarily a devotional gift. What does that mean? That means it's, it's primarily used personally in my own prayer life for my benefit. Not for anybody else. Not for Sister Sue or Brother Bob. It's mainly for, as a devotional gift. Well, it's the same way with praise and worship, isn't it? We, we praise and worship God um, in our own prayer time, in our car. Wherever we're at, we can praise and worship Him. Well, that's, that's for our benefit, and, and it's to bless the Lord. Same thing with prayer. Same thing with praying in tongues. And so, what, what's this used for? It's used in the worship of God. And so, I like what Howard Carter, he... Um, he was one of the founders of the Pentecostal movement in England. He said this, We must not forget that the speaking of tongues is not only the initial evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So one thing we see in the New Testament is every time someone was filled, we see that they spoke with other tongues. And speaking of tongues is not a... Let me, let me say it like this. Speaking in tongues is a normal thing in the New Testament. A, a lot of people today, because I know the background I grew up in, you know, I was never, I never mocked the things of God, but, you know, when you've never seen something, I mean, you, you understand that when people have never seen the move of the Spirit, it, it's like, whoa, let me just pull back. You know, everyone can probably, you know, you've, you've, you've dealt with that. And... um but it was just because of a lack of knowledge. But the New Testament, every person, every book in the New Testament was written by someone who to talked in tongues. And they wrote it to churches where they spoke in tongues. In fact, the Corinthians that we read here, they spoke in tongues so much, that's all they wanted to do when they came together. And then Paul had to bring correction. He said, hey, but, but you know, he said, don't, he said, forbid not to speak in tongues. Covet to prophesy and all and different things. 
But then he went on to say, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Than all of you guys. Yet in the church. So what he said, what he's saying is, I do most of my praying outside of tongues. I mean, outside of church. So he said that, uh, so, so Paul must have woke up praying in tongues. He went to bed praying in tongues. He, went, he prayed in tongues between meals. He, he prayed a, a great deal in other tongues. Hallelujah. And what a blessing it is. And so he says, we must not forget that the speaking of tongues is not only the initial evidence of being filled, but it, it is an experience that we should have for the rest of our life. Why? For the worship of God, it is a flowing stream. See, this is what I want you to get. It's a flowing stream which should never dry up, but will enrich the life spiritually. So it's going it to, something that never dries out, and it's going to enrich the life spiritually. And so since it's our prayer language, you can pray in tongues at any time you want to. Now, see, this is where some people have gotten off. And, and if, you know, maybe they got filled back in 1981. But they haven't spoken tongues since. Because they haven't felt that, that urge or they hadn't felt, you know, the Holy Spirit just grab their tongue and just, you know, he doesn't, people think they, that he's going to grab their tongue and just go like this, you know. That, that's what people, and that's why people, but see, he, that's not the way he is. We have to yield. We have to yield to him. It's just like when you're out here and you, you yield to a vehicle. What does that mean? You let them go, right? You let them go ahead of you. And um, especially if they're driving real um, erratically. And you say, go ahead. <clears throat> well, the same thing when we allow the Holy Spirit, when we say yield, that means we act upon his promptings. Just like in worship. What do we, we have a prompting we, have a, we, we yield to the Holy Spirit when we have a prompting. I, I want to lift my hands. I want to I just praise and worship. Lord, I bless you. I, we yield to those promptings. We yield to the promptings when he says, give that person $5. Or we can, we can resist, can't we? And so to yield to the Holy Spirit means that we act upon his promptings. <clears throat> Many times you can, you can pray for people to receive. And the Bible says that that Peter and John in the book of Acts went down to pray for people specifically that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Not that the Holy Spirit would be given and come down from heaven. He's already given, but that they would receive him. And so it's a matter that we would receive. But, you know, you can pray for people and, and, and the Holy Spirit comes on them. And if they don't speak in tongues, you can ask them and say, did you feel the anointing? Did you feel something? It's like one lady came to Brother Hagin one time and he said, did you feel anything? He says, all I could do from saying anything. He said, well, you're not supposed to keep from saying it. You're supposed to yield to that. And so what actually what happens if you don't feel anything, if you don't feel that sense, it's a lack of faith. But if you do, but you don't speak in tongues, it's just yielding. And so we have to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit every day. Amen. And if we can learn... One of the great things about yielding our tongue and yielding, the Bible calls the tongue the um, unruly member. If we can control our tongue and our words, we can, the Bible says we can turn our whole body. So as we begin to, to yield our tongue to, to speaking in other tongues and practice that, it's a great step in controlling the rest of our body.
Amen. But I want you to look over in 1 Corinthians 14. And you know, people don't have to be, people should never be nervous about the Holy Spirit in in because he'll never force himself. That's that's what demons do. But anyone can receive and speak in tongues. It is something for us today. Amen. And I'll say it boldly, anyone can receive at any time. First Corinthians chapter 14, I want you to look over. So I made this statement. I said, this is our prayer language, and you can pray in tongues at any time. 1 Corinthians 14 says this. And, and the reason I say that is because it's not a gift of the Spirit. It's not as the Spirit wills. It's as you will. Look what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what does that mean? That means that my mind doesn't understand what I'm saying. It's unfruitful. And that's what hinders a lot of people because they say, well, I don't understand what I'm saying, and so I shouldn't be saying it. But the Bible says you're talking to God, so you're not saying anything wrong. <laughs> you're not saying anything that's inappropriate. And so your understanding is unfruitful. He says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else, when you shall bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what you say? So, you know, if we, had to, if we got together for a meal in the, the Faith Food and Fellowship, and I got up here and said, Okay, look, we're going to bless the food, and I just spoke in tongues for 10 minutes. Well, like he says here, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen that you're giving a thanks, seeing he doesn't understand. So you can't say amen except the fact you know, okay, he's speaking the tongue, so it's, it's okay. But you don't know what I'm saying, so you can't really say amen, so be it. That's what Paul said. He says in verse 17, for truly you give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So yeah, you're giving thanks and it's doing a lot of good, but the other person's not edified. Then verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Like we say, Paul's from the South, y'all. I speak with tongues more than you all, yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding. So what's Paul saying? He's saying he does most of his speaking in the tongues outside the church because he says, yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding that I might teach others than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. Notice he says, I'm going to pray in an unknown tongue. And notice what he says. He says that my spirit prayeth. I like what the Amplified says. It says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever heard testimonies like this, but I've heard testimonies of people who've been in the hospital and, you know, something has happened to their, uh, their vocal cords. Something's happened to their mind where they can't communicate. And that must be a terrible prison to where, you know, the man on the inside, the spirit and the soul, um, can't communicate. 
because of something going on. Because, see, the mind is not, the brain is not the mind. It's just the physical organ that, that houses and that the mind functions through. And the reason we know that, <clears throat> let me look in the Bible in Luke chapter 16, the rich man and Lazarus. He says, um, here's the rich man. It said that the, the, the beggar died and in, he was carried into Abraham's bosom. Said the rich man died and was in in hell he lifted up his eyes. And he said, you know, bring let let him come and bring um water, put on the tip of my tongue, I'm tormented in this flame. He said, Son, remember. Well, his brain was up there in the grave. So where was his mind? His mind was intact with his spirit down in hell. And so <clears throat> notice what he says. My spirit prays, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me. So I've heard of people that have this, uh, maybe something uh, was wrong and, and had a stroke or something. They couldn't communicate. They couldn't speak, but they could speak in tongues. <laughs> and they couldn't get any words out, but then the anointing come on them and they speak in tongues. Why? Because it bypasses the mind. And that should be a great revelation to us. Hallelujah. <clears throat> it's kind of like one person came in and, um, you know, this person got filled with the Holy Ghost and they, they had like an outburst like that and they tried to give him a shot. But you can't give the Holy Ghost a shot. <laughs> Amen. So what that means is that when we pray in tongues, it bypasses our mind. It's like a head bypass. And I, and I think a lot of people need a head bypass. <clears throat> Renew your mind, but then bypass that and, and, and then pray in the Spirit. So, but I want you to notice here, he says, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. So that's by our will, isn't it? Now, can you pray in your, in your understanding in your English at any time you want to? Of course, not a trick question again. <laughs> you can say, okay, I'm going to pray. I, I could ask Sharon, pray over the meal. She could pray, you know, pray, pray for healing for somebody. Well, she could pray that. She could say, oh, Father, I thank you that your word says, by his stripes I was healed, and I thank you that I'm laying hands on them. They recover now in Jesus' name. Well, just like she can do that by an act of her will, she can, okay, Lord, by an act of my will, brist cambrose branche de dist de queste. That simple. She, she can pray. But when you read this in context, it's pretty interesting because look at verse 13. Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Interpret what? Interpret what you're praying about. And then he says, if you read this in context, what's he saying? He said, I'm going to pray with the Spirit. Then I'm going to turn around and, and pray with the understanding and I'm going to interpret what I'm praying. Same thing, I'm going to bless with the Spirit. He says, I'm going to sing with the Spirit, and then I'm going to sing in tongue. I mean, sing with the understanding also. But I do want to say this. A lot of our praying is self-edification and building ourselves up, and you don't need to pray those things out. Because there was a well-known minister one time, he made this statement, said that he prayed in tongues all day, and then, then he interpreted everything he said. And that can be very dangerous. There's certain things you don't need to pray about. 
if the Lord needs, he sees fit that you, that you know what it is, he'll give you the interpretation. And I like to stay, I like to just stay with it just like that. If the Lord needs me to know something, he's an intelligent being and I'm an intelligent being. He can communicate with me. Amen? Amen. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Hallelujah. And so, look, I want you to just look um, at Jude, um, right before the book of Revelation. Um, you know, most people don't know many verses in Jude. There's not that many there, but a lot of people know this verse, verse 20. Just one chapter. It says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, notice that it doesn't give you faith, but you are built up on the faith that you already have. How do you do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. I want you to turn back to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <clears throat> Actually, verse, um, chapter 14. It's like Brother Hagin said when and he was a Baptist minister, they would read, um, skip chapter 12 go to chapter 13 and talked about love and they'd skip chapter 14. Why? Because they talked about the gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> and they, weren't, they didn't talk about the gifts of the Spirit. But, you know, the, the, um, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, now abides faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Even tongues, the Bible says, shall cease. So tongues is not the, the most important thing, but it is important. And sometimes people think that, why do we emphasize it so much? But a lot of times we don't. It's just the fact that it's the initial evidence. And so um, it's kind of like you're, what we emphasize is the Holy Ghost. It's kind of like, um, I'm just looking, you guys, your shoes don't have, uh, they're little, okay, and you have boots on. Okay, these shoes might have it. Okay. You know, that part of the shoe, you know, they call it the tongue. Well, that one actually is not, it's just one piece. So it's really not even, no one has regular tennis shoes on. Okay. <laughs> Wendy has regular tennis shoes. Well, the, the part you pull up, they call that the tongue, and then you, you lace it over it. Yes. Well, you know, when you buy the shoes, have you ever bought a pair of shoes and say, I want the shoes and make sure the tongues come with it? You just buy the shoes and the tongues come with it. Well, you get filled with the Holy Spirit and tongues comes with it. And so you don't have to say, well, just give me those tongues. And so, um, so we emphasize the Holy Spirit, but tongues is a part of it. And so, <laughs> that, and in fact, the, the same thing that got you filled is what keeps you filled. And it's that one word, speaking. Just a little side note there, Keith. I was listening to Willie George on the radio one time. And one of the only times I heard him on the radio in Tulsa. 
And I heard him say that, probably 1993 or four, and it stuck with me. He said, the thing we have to remember about um, being filled with the Spirit is the same thing that God has filled keeps us filled, speaking. And that stuck with me all these years. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the same thing is we have to speak and speak it out. But I want you to notice, though, I want to show you why this is so important. Notice he said in Jude 20, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaks in the unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. So other people, as a most... As a general rule, they don't understand you. There can be exceptions to that. But you yourself don't understand. But in the Spirit, you speak mysteries. Other translations say divine secrets. So what's the advantage of speaking in tongues? We're speaking secrets to God. Secrets the devil doesn't know about. You know, one of the things that that we see... And there's so many things that I would like to just, you know, just take so many of these different things to just teach on because people have, have misconstrued speaking in tongues to use it as a spiritual weapon against the devil. But the devil doesn't know it, what you're talking about. You might as well be speaking Kung Fu theater and just, and just, you know, just, and the words are like five seconds late. You know, it's just like... <laughs> Who's ever watched old, the old Kung Fu, you know, the, you know, it's just, you can't even watch it. It's like so bad. I mean, it's not just like bad interpretation. It's just like, I don't even know how to say it. It's like four seconds apart and it's like the words and then their mouth just moves. <laughs> Oh, where did I get off on that? <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's what people do. Thank you. <laughs> they 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 try to they try to um, you know tongues is is to God like he says you're speaking unto to God not men. You know people have used what they called warring tongues. Now I know that the Bible says that we are good soldiers of the Lord. And, but people have taken that too far, you know. And so where people even would come to church in a military outfit, you know, they'd go up in, in high plains and, and try to dethrone the, the rulers over a city and things like that. But the, the Bible says the warfare is in our mind. And so people would have what they called warring tongues and they would scream at the devil for hours. And, um, you know, and they would speak in tongues. And But he doesn't understand. He's... It means nothing to him. He's just laughing as you're wearing yourself out. But you know what does damage? Is when you just can just, oh, you know, you just edify yourself and you get built up. But I want you to notice what he says here. He that prophesies, he speaks unto men. So when you prophesy, what does that mean? Prophecy means inspired utterance in a known tongue. And so we've all heard people prophesy and, and give the word of the Lord in our own language. What does that do? It's designed to speak to you, to edify you, 
to exhort you and to comfort you. Now, that doesn't mean that, that the Lord can't correct you, and he will. But, but the, the simple gift of prophecy is always going to edify you and exhort you and comfort you. If you leave torn down and you feel like, oh, man, I don't even know if I'm saved. I mean, I don't even know. Well, that's, that's not the simple gift of prophecy. It should make you built up. It should encourage you. Look at verse 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, and if you look, the word unknown is in italics. That just means it was added by the translators to help you understand. Basically, it says he that speaks in a tongue, but what it's, what it's saying is that it's unknown to you. Unknown to you, he edifies himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. So if I got up here and I gave the word of the Lord and I said, and just shared the word of the Lord to the church in, in English, then what would that do? That would build you up. That would encourage you. That's also equal to tongues and interpretation. Because if I give the, if I give the tongue but then interpret it, the Bible says that's equal to prophecy. I like the way someone said it. They said it, it would be better to have a dime than two nickels because you just have one coin. You know, it'd be better to have the 10 cent piece and it would be the five unless you interpret and then you have five plus five. So prophecy is the, is the, the dime. Tongues interpretation are the two nickels. So they equal prophecy. Hallelujah. Just a little Bible school tidbit there. Sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so what does that mean? Prophecy edifies the church, but tongues edifies you. So as you speak in tongues, it edifies you. Amen. Now, there's a whole lot more to that, and we're just kind of hitting the surface, but there's been times where people would, um, you know, the Bible said in Acts chapter 2 that they heard them speak in, in their language. It didn't say that they spoke in their language. They heard them. So there's been times where people would talk to people um, in tongues, and they understood them in English. And so the Lord will do that as a sign, but also to help um, communicate. But notice here, he says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, what, is that? what happens? He edifies himself. Um, the, one of the best uh, ways to um, understand this in the Greek is the wording would be more like our word charge, like you charge up a battery. So he that speaks an unknown tongue charges himself like a battery. And so that's what it feels like. And it's kind of like in the old time, um, they used to have those, those uh, toys that you have the spring on the back and you wind them up. And uh, I heard ministers from way back say, you know, as they would begin to pray in tongues for a couple hours, it's like, like the Lord just uh, was turning that thing like a, like a crank. He said, boy, I feel like the Lord's getting us ready for a good service tonight. We're going to have a, a, a stem winder is what he called it. You know, something, you know, a little bit of everything. And so, but that's what happens. But I want you to notice that this is spiritual edification, not mental, not physical. It's spiritual. But here's the thing. When you edify yourself spiritually, it's going to affect your mind and it's going to affect your body. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to quicken those areas as well. <clears throat> so, edification. So, do we need this kind of edification every day? 
one thing, if you, if you study the ministry of Smith Wigglesworth, he was, um, he died back in 1947 and um, quite a few years ago. And uh, 30 years, 27 years before I was born. And um, but he, um, he had great revival in every continent of the world. But one of the things about him, if you, if you study, is he was not a very educated man. He never, uh, he learned, he actually went to, to work in the factories at six years of old, six years of age. And, um, you know, none of the child labor laws back then. And anyway, he, um, his wife actually taught him how to read. And he only read one book, and that was the Bible. But he... Um, the power of God would manifest in his life. And, you know, there, it was documented 23 people raised from the dead in his ministry. Signs and wonders. And very, um, very bold man and very um, unpredictable, as we could say. And um, one guy came in on a healing line. And uh, on a, one of the particular revival nights. And he called a prayer line the next night. He said, okay, if you came in the prayer line last night, don't come back because we want to you know, have a chance to pray for others. Well, he got up there, and um, the man said, uh, Smith looked at him, he said, weren't you up here last night? He said, yeah, but I didn't get anything. He said, I know better. He said, you don't have enough sense to know it. Turned around and kicked him right in the, <laughs> right in the back. And like one, one of the ministers telling that, he said, any, I've wanted to do that any number of times, but didn't have the boldness to do it. But one of the things about it, though, is they asked him, they said, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, they said, what is the secret of your success? He said, well, it's not pulpit etiquette. He said, I don't even know what that means, but I've heard people talking about it. He said, it's not because of my education, because I don't have any. He said, all I know is I take two hours in the afternoon and build myself up, and then I come out by praying in tongues, edify myself, then I come out and edify the people. So that's what he said was the secret of his success. So I, I tell you, it stands to, to be known that if you're not edified yourself, you can't edify others. But see, if you're built up, you can build others up. That's why sometimes you've probably noticed in your life, the Lord will deal with you and have you ready for somebody. He'll, he'll lead you to do certain things. You know, this is just the way the Lord is. He'll, that's why it's so important being in church. Because a lot of times what happens is people stay out of church, they stay out of church, and then what happens? They have a crisis. And then what, if they'd have been in church for the last six months, being built up, the Lord would have brought messages to them. They'd have been in prayer time. They'd have been, you know, building themselves up by praying and worshiping then they would have been ready. And so the Lord, he, he, he knows exactly what we need. And so I found in my own life that the Lord might deal with me. Okay, study this for a little bit. Then you turn on the, uh, a podcast and that person's talking about it. You hear this minister, they're talking about it. And three Sundays in a row, this person's talking about it. It's like, Lord, are you saying something to me? <laughs> and um, that's why he, he always is faithful to get us ready. Hallelujah. But I want to share just these three things, um, different aspects of, of tongues, different aspects of speaking in tongues. 
And let me say it like this. All tongues, all speaking tongues are the same in essence, but they're different in purpose and use. All tongues are the same in essence, but different in purpose and use. So here's what I mean by that. All tongues, when I say they're the same in essence, they are all a supernatural manifestation. They all are supernatural utterance. How many know that speaking in tongues is not just natural? If, if it was, then everyone would be doing it. <laughs> it's supernatural. It's supernatural. Now, it becomes, it, it seems um, real common to us when we do it and practice it. But it's just because we've gotten used to it, but it's still supernatural. So all tongues are supernatural utterance, but they're different in their purpose and their use. So I want to give you the three uses or aspects of tongues. And the first one is what we've been talking about, the private side. So number one, the private side. That's also the devotional gift. What is that used for? To edify myself. And so it's perfectly fine if you never give a, a word in public. It's perfectly fine if you never get up and say, I have a word from the Lord and, and I'm going to speak in tongues. That's perfectly fine. Why? Because it's primarily a devotional gift. The Bible talks about, in Ephesians 5, 18, it talks about be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So one of the things that we see is psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, you can, you can jump into that area by, by spending time praying in tongues. Because what happens is you're exercising your spirit. Actually, the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs is a part of prophecy. So you begin to prophesy. And people say, do you prophesy? Yeah, yeah, I speak songs. And I, who's ever done that? You just, you just start speaking a song and you, to the Lord. You say, Lord, I worship you. You're so good. And you just you start singing something that you never even thought about. We've seen, I've seen some of you testify and you get up and you, you, you start to testify and not even know what, what, Lord, okay, Lord. And you know, one thing we've learned is better get people just to do it spontaneously than, than to think about it too much. And we, we learned from experience. We had a train wreck one time doing that. And uh, not in the church, but in an event. And, and this, this brother gave an excellent um, testimony in the church, but then when we, we told him and prepped him, then he thought about it too much. And then it, it went off into the spirits and everything else. And it's like, sometimes you can't get a service back after you do that, you know? <laughs> like, like one brother said, it, it wasn't a testimony, it was an agamony. <laughs> and, uh, and so, anyway, you just have to learn to. That's why a lot of times you notice we hold the mic. It's a reason. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah you, you interview the people. So tell me, what's the Lord say? <laughs> Amen. Sometimes you like to give people the benefit of the doubt, and you just you know, think you're being nice, but you really have to. That's when the sound person just, oh, mute. <laughs> yeah. So devotional side, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. 
So number one is the private side. Number two is the public side. So what is the public side? The public side is what we call diverse or different kinds of tongues. That's what, what 1 Corinthians, that's what we first read tonight. Different kinds of tongues. What is that? That's the public side. But let me say this. Because this has, this has stopped people. This has stopped people. Um, you know, there's times where my wife has come up. I've, I've encouraged people, but my wife has come up and just encouraged people to sing in the Spirit. People have used that, like the public side, and, and been afraid to because they thought that they weren't giving an interpretation. So therefore, they couldn't sing in the Spirit. They couldn't speak, speak in tongues because it's not right. Because I've heard many people say that. That, well, you can't, you can't speak in tongues in public unless you give an interpretation. It depends what you mean by that. If you're giving it, if it's self-edification, I can pray in tongues all, you know, except, you know, it would be kind of bothersome if I was preaching up here and someone was just in the back just, you know, just going to town. That's a different story, too. I mean, I've, I've been in services, and, and the and people just like, they just have a, such a nervousness. You know, it's just like, they're just so nervous, and, and all they can do is just pray in tongues they can't receive. You know, it's the same thing. You know, that, that's why we actually had someone, um, Gail was here one time. We had somebody mad because she told them, be quiet and receive because they were just speaking. And, and you know, you, as a normal thing, you can't be praying Nine to nothing and receive at the same time. You, it's just like receive. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know what it is about this kind of a teaching. There's so many side trails. You, it's kind of like who's ever cut down a tree? What do they call it? Felling a tree, right? I know it sounds like bad English, but you fell a tree. Well, one thing that they'll teach you in that, and not that I'm a Pulp water, but I have been in the woods a couple times doing it, but <laughs> once, sorry. That <laughs> was about 13. <laughs> that was hot. And you had to wear jeans out there and boots, and boy, it was hot in summertime. So one time, and um, anyway, we were out there, but you know, one thing that what I've heard is when you're cutting that tree down, you know, you have to watch out for the little trees. Because, you know, once you get that big tree, you can't just say, uh-oh, it's going the wrong way. <laughs> you have to fail it the right way. And, but here's the thing. That thing can go be going down, and then, oh, it gets stuck in some of these little trees. So sometimes you have to knock out those little trees. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes says, wherever the tree falls, there shall it lie. Well, here's the, here's the, um, the import of that. There's a lot of things sometimes when you try to, and I heard a, a great minister say this one time. He said there's a lot of times you, when you want to put a truth, you have to get rid of some of those little trees and those little things that hinder people. And those, He said because what's going to happen is it's not going to lay perfectly. But once you get those little things out of the way, those misunderstandings, then that tree is going to fall and it's going to fall right in their heart and it's going to lay there. and It is going to change them.
So a lot of times you, you have so many little ideas that people have. And um, so in a service, you can pray and edify yourself. Why? Because it's not for my benefit. It's not for your neighbor's benefit. It's just for you. And you can sing in the spirit. And you can do that anytime. But there is a public side, but what's the public side? That's when the Lord gives somebody tongues and interpretation. They give that, and it's for the whole body. Now, at that point, there should be an interpretation. Why? Because otherwise, you're not going to edify the people. Amen. And then um, the third area is the ministry gift. The ministry gift. Look over in 1 Corinthians 12. 28. The Bible says, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps. See, the helps ministry is right there in the Bible. Governments, which is uh, more than likely the pastor, uh, diversities of tongues. Notice right there in those ministry gifts. Diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Well, of course not. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? Well, what's the obvious answer? No. Do all interpret? No. But see, what people have done is they've taken that out of context and they've changed it and saying, well, see here, the Bible says that you don't have to speak with tongues. Because do all speak with tongues? Well, of course not. But this list, look in verse 28. God has set some in the church. Notice what this is. This is not spiritual gifts. These are ministry gifts. Just like Ephesians 4.11 talks about the ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. So God set first in the church apostles. Now this, this, this again, this is, this is talking about when God established the church. The apostles were first. Then prophets. This is not for church government today to where the apostle runs everything, then the prophet, and then the, the pastors at the bottom, you know, just taking orders. This is talking about when the church was established, you had the apostles, prophets, teachers, and then what happened as, as these churches grew, then pastors could be put into place. And that's what Paul did. But notice here he says, gifts of healings, helps, governments, difference, differences in diverse tongues. So God set uh, ministry gifts of tongues and interpretation in the, in the body. Now, this might be a foreign area to a lot of people, but there are people in the body of Christ. I've seen great husband and wife teams where they, they would minister like this. Um, uh, Buddy and Pat Harrison were one. Uh, Mark and Trina Hankins, different ones that I know that I see that they, they operate like that. I mean, they get up in the pulpit. She starts speaking in tongues. He starts interpreting. And so that's a ministry gift that God has set in the church beyond just me praying in tongues beyond me just and I recognize that and I'm not going to try to step into something if I don't have the anointing to do it 
but I can pray loud and long in tongues as long as I want to in my personal life. Amen. And so, so that's the three sides, the private side, the public side, and the ministry gift. Um, just real quick about the ministry gift. Uh, there was a couple, um, brother and sister Goodwin, they, um, they ministered in Texas uh, 40-something years ago. And um, there was somebody who came in the, in the healing line, and um, there was a minister there that he was ministering, and he said that uh, he had revelation about what was wrong with this lady and something was wrong and why she wouldn't be able to receive and, uh, or why she had not received from the Lord in a certain area. So he called her up, but the Lord told him, have the good ones come and minister to her. Because he said he saw, as he was going to minister, because he was a prophet, and he said that he saw, after the meeting, this lady have a conversation and said, well, she was real down and said, yeah, um, he knew exactly what, because um, he knew some, some uh, information just in the natural, too. And so he already knew that, and so she didn't think it was supernatural. So the minister said, have Brother Goodwin and Sister Goodwin come up there. She spoke in tongues, he interpreted. She spoke in tongues, he interpreted, like three or four times, and painted that lady's case exactly what was wrong and what to do about it. See, that's supernatural, because they didn't even know who the lady was. And they, they spoke in tongues and said, this is your problem, this is what you're thinking, this is it. And, this, and then gave her the answer, this is what you do about it. Plus, that convinces that God loves you, too. And so that's an example of a ministry gift. Hallelujah. See, some people, that's a far cry from people that, that don't even believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. But I want to leave you with one other verse here. Look at Romans 8, verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. So why is this so important for us? Why is it so important that we depend upon the Holy Ghost in our prayer life? Why? Because the Spirit helps our infirmities. Now, that word infirmity just means sickness. It doesn't mean disease. I'm sorry, it means weakness, not, not disease. Because you can, you can be weak because of a disease, but... We have many weaknesses, and one of the weaknesses is this. He goes on to say what our weakness is. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So what, what's one of the greatest weaknesses we have? We don't know what we should pray for as ought. Have you ever felt like that? Lord, I don't even know what to pray in this situation. Maybe something hit you and uh, something hit you and knocked your feet right where your head was a few minutes before. And you didn't know, what, what do I even do about this? Well, the Spirit Himself, He makes intercession for us. Now, notice that doesn't say the Holy Spirit does your praying for you. It's like one, one lady said one time, said, you know what? I really don't pray that much anymore since I found out the Holy Spirit does my praying for me. Well, you know... <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if the Holy Spirit did all our praying for us and we don't even have to, we just put it in, in, in autopilot. But the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
So remember, the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's not our, he doesn't do it for us. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to them who are the called according to, the pur- to his purpose. So look at back in verse 26. The Spirit himself um, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Greek actually says inarticulate speech. What is that? That's in our regular kind of speech. So the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us, but we still have to speak it out. We still have to pray it out. We still have to, to let it come from us. Those groanings, the, the intercession, all of that comes from us. So he is our helper and he helps us to pray. And so that's why it's, it is so critical, I believe, in, in times that we're living in that we, we give ourselves to prayer in the spirit. And, and Paul said uh, there in Ephesians 6.18, he said, praying with all manner of prayer and supplication in the spirit for all saints. Well, there's no way you can pray for all saints unless it's by the Holy Spirit. How would you even know? How would you even know to pray for people? And so this has been my practice. Uh, and I, I actually, in the last couple of weeks, I've had, I don't know if I'd say a word renewal, but I've had a renewed, just, just in praying more in tongues. And especially with some of the way my schedule is, I can afford to do that, you know, and not bother people. And um, <laughs> I can do that and be, be sane about it. And, um, but, but just a renewed interest in, in just beginning to pray in tongues. Because sometimes you don't even know what, what, sometimes you don't even know what you don't know and you don't even know what you need to know. But I know especially because, um, you know, we're working on this building. And, and acquiring a building. So I'm praying much in other tongues. <laughs> much. And uh, why? Wow, because it needs to be right. And one thing you can be certain is when you pray in tongues, you eliminate selfishness from your prayers, and you, you, you're praying according to the perfect will of God. And um, I could give you 10 reasons why you should speak in tongues, and that's, that's a couple of them right there. I gave you probably three or four of them tonight. Not even meaning to, but but as you do that, it's so it's so it's so easy. And I, you know, this is something. Even if you and I won't make a, you know, I'm gonna let you guys go. But if if you never have been filled with the Spirit and want to, even if it's not now, it's so easy to. And um, you can just come see us and we'll pray for you. I know when I got filled with the Spirit, I had a couple words. It was like, it was like talking about being a babe. It was like, bah, 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 you know, <laughs> you know. Anyway, hallelujah. Well, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands. Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, such a privilege to be in your presence. Such a privilege, Lord, to be in your family. Such a privilege to, to, to Lord, live in your presence. And, 
Lord, we thank you that you've given all things for us to enjoy. And Lord, the most important thing is that we enjoy you and your presence. And thank you, Lord, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for, Lord, all the different kinds of prayer that even as we've been discussing. Thank you, Lord, that we... Lord, we thank you for the baptism in the Holy Spirit and that we can be filled to overflowing. And thank you, Lord, out of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we can be uh, enriched. Lord, that you will speak to us. And Lord, you've shown us how to pray about things that we don't even know about. Lord, that when situations arise, we trust you, Holy Spirit, to, to lead us and to guide us and, and just to show us and uh, to lead us in, into the way that we should walk and the, lay, the way that we should pray. And, Lord, we thank you that we would be more sensitive to you. Lord, that you can call upon us in the night hours, and you can call upon us, Lord, to pray and to intercede. And, Lord, we just thank you right now. Lord, we, we thank you for this building that you've prepared for us. And, Lord, that it shall come forth speedily in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, the money's coming in, and that we will never lack. And I thank you, Lord, that your angels are working even now working on our behalf and going and causing the money to come. We thank you for it, Lord. We worship you. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for your protection upon us right now. In Jesus' name.